Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, 1035, let's go to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Mike Neighbors and the Arkansas Women's Basketball Program hosting in the NIT against a tradition-rich program in the form of Louisiana Tech. Coach has been kind enough to carve out some time in preparation for us, Doughheads. Coach, how are you? Doing great, but I need a definition on what an old head is. How, what's the age? What's the cutoff there? I don't know. I think 60? I don't know. I think people – no, I think uh, for th- for this conversation, I think 45-plus, maybe 50-plus. Okay. You and I are old heads? Oh, yeah, for sure on this conversation. If you remember the Southwest Conference being intact, yes. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, okay. I'm an old head. Yeah, same. I mean, it's fine. I mean, are you? Uh, what kind of sense do you get about Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league? I mean, are your your fans excited about this when it comes to women's basketball? I think so. They've been in all but one of the last thirty NCAA tournaments combined. So uh, <laughs> we're adding, you know, we're adding two teams that have been in it uh, year after year after year. So I think they're excited. I think we're all, uh, you know, a little bit uh, wait and see. Let's see how it's going to affect. Uh, NCAA tournament seedings and things like that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a already good league made even harder. But I think they're excited, yeah, because of the regional rivalries. Yeah, those are two. I mean, you're right. I mean, as far as programs go, I mean, women's basketball is probably about as good as anything over the last ten or twenty years for those two programs. Mm-hmm. When Texas yeah. is, we talk a lot about Texas's struggles, and it brings us great joy. But women's basketball has not necessarily been part of that conversation. No, no, they they've been in it every year, and Oklahoma's only missed one. So, uh, yeah, you're talking about two tradition-rich uh, teams. So, it, it'll just raise the level up. It'll make uh, it'll make every every game even bigger than they are, and uh, it'll be exciting. Who's the women's basketball team's biggest rival in the SEC? I, I would say Ole Miss, ironically. Uh, y'all <laughs> talking about that baseball deal a little bit. Just because of our, uh, obviously, geography, our games have been competitive in the last, you know, take the last 10 games they've all been competitive i think for a rivalry to occur both sides have to win it pretty much pretty even so uh, we recruit the same kids uh, we've got a lot of crossovers so i think i'd have to say old miss has developed that uh, missouri is our designated rival but um that's that that's where i'm talking about we've won that game that series the last 10 times so there's there's not a lot of rivalry when you're dominating it like that, but when you're splitting it like we are with Ole Miss, there's a lot more rivalry involved. So I'd go Ole Miss. Yeah, unfortunately in football, I think that's what the Missouri fans are saying right now. So, yeah. uh, but we don't like to talk about that. <laughs> Same um, argument. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. It, I hate arguments like that. But yeah. That, again, every sport's different. Yes. You it, know that. That's that's what we all sometimes lose sight of. Every every sport. Uh, has a different national view. Yeah, you know we know what we think here regionally, and we tend to equate all sports with either maybe football, men's basketball, or baseball, or whatever. But um, you know, I, I think if, if you're talking cross country, track and field, indoor and outdoor, I, I think everybody uses uh, Coach Harder and Coach Buckman's programs. We just changed that banner across campus from 47 to 49 mm. national championships. So. Uh, it just depends on what sport you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. You're flipping up not one but two banners at a time over there in track and field. It's quite yeah. quite ridiculous. Um, to Wes's point, too, on baseball, then we'll move on, or we'll come back to it later. But uh, Texas is not even ranked. 
So mm. what happened to oh, the once yeah. tradition rich program? Now they're in a lull. We talked about uh, Mississippi State too, sure. and they went kind of through their mm-hmm. low period before they came back too. So anyway, I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be relevant again at some point, but they got other other things to deal with. All right, so let's talk about uh, women's basketball because that's what we wanted you on yep. for primarily. Although we'll get into other stuff too because that's what we love talking about uh, with you. <laughs> um, it, I think it would be disingenuous to pretend like you know it wasn't a disappointing season from an expectation standpoint, and yet. I'm excited to see your team in the NIT. You do have such a great collection of players, Coach. How, how would you, I guess, first of all, describe what happened this season and then your level of anticipation going into Thursday? Uh, I'll start where you started. I think everybody's expectations were out of whack to begin with, and I know you're going to expect that and maybe even call it disingenuous, but it, it's not the case. Um, you know, I, I think this group, uh, coming off three straight NCAAs, there's a tendency to have a little bit of a lull like you're talking about. So I, I know the expectations were high outside. They were high for us, too. We lost too many close games. Uh, I'll, I'll accept the blame for that. We had six games that we were one possession, and, you know, coach is supposed to get you through those uh, at some point, not not lose all six. So I accept that blame for sure, but I'm not going to tell our kids that they had a uh, an unsatisfied season because we've been to the postseason uh, again. Um, but I do think we lost too many close games. Uh, that can be traced back to a lot of different things. Maybe it was we, we peaked a little bit too late this year instead of too early like we had been. Um, didn't get the breaks, and maybe maybe some y'all went back to conditioning. Well, we'll unpack all that sometime this summer and try to make sure it doesn't happen again. But, uh, you know, what I'm telling this group with the NIT is that You've made it to the postseason five straight years now, NIT or NCAA, and there's only three teams in the SEC that have done that. That's Tennessee, South Carolina, and us. So we're going to we're going to dwell on that. We'll fix the things we need to fix in the off season, but this team needs to go into that NIT uh, trying to win it. If you don't on the women's side, you lose in the first round. Uh, if you have a team that's not excited to play in it, and you face a team like La Tech that's really excited to play in it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't seed, you know, a lot of people I don't think dig deep enough to understand the women's is not a seeded event. It is a geographical matchup. So we're facing a La Tech team that's going to be very motivated. We'll have to be equally as motivated or, um, you know, we won't have the postseason success that we want to have. Wes alluded to this already, but it sounded like you kind of gauged your players' interest in playing in the NIT prior to accepting, or at least I guess as part of the conversation. Uh, I think we were going to accept it. I think we just needed to make sure we knew that we were in it to win it because of what happened. Uh, there's there's plenty of evidence of teams. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, you know, if, if you follow us at all or you live in our locker room, you know we live in reality world. We don't try to we don't try to talk about things that aren't real. And we knew it was going to be a long shot getting in there. And we sat in that room at uh, the living room at my house and we took it like a team together. Uh, when we didn't get in, it was disappointing. It was some moments of regret, some things that we could have done better throughout the year. But that quickly turned to, all right, we get to play again. And let's let's treat this like, hey, if you didn't get in, let's, let's show that we go deep into this tournament to prove that maybe we could have been as good as some of those other at-large teams. So I, I was really uh, thankful for their, their approach to it. I think it's a sign of good veterans, uh, leadership, and then newcomers being able to follow along. But I think we'll be interested. I think we'll be engaged. Um, especially to start. The thing you always watch is when you start getting into those spring breaks, which will be next week. Uh, we got a few weeks away for that, but uh, if you watch the NIT on the women's side, you can pretty much tell who's missing spring break and who's not sometimes. 
Was there a moment Sunday when you're and you saw a team come up and you're like, well, that's it, uh, we're not yeah. in? Yeah, it was when we saw Purdue and uh, St. John's show up playing each other. Uh, that was two teams that we kind of had circled uh, as teams that we shared similar resumes with, better in some areas, not as good in areas. But uh, when we saw them both show up as an 11 seed and played into the play-in game, uh, I probably uttered a word. I wouldn't. I don't want my two-year-old to repeat. But um, you know, it was that was the moment. I think. I think that was when the last little glimmer of hope uh, kind of faded away and reality sunk in a little bit. And um, you know, if, if you've never been in a room when that happens, it just feels like the air sucked out of it a little bit. So uh, we let the team. I gave them. There was 22 minutes left in the show when that happened. I said, "You got 22 minutes to feel however you want to feel. Be be mad. Be." regretful be upset be whatever optimistic whatever you want to be be it and then i'll check back with you in 22 minutes and that gave him plenty of time uh, and that's when we started making our plans for this week talking to my neighbors on the brand of moving in storage hotline we were talking earlier coach and again with covid and everything just because you're a senior doesn't mean your career's over so how many players are playing in their last games for you uh chrissy carr and avery hughes um they both walked through senior night. Chrissy's out of eligibility. She's already utilized her COVID year. Uh, anybody that knows Avery knows that she came to us as a, a local player from Bentonville as a walk-on that earned a scholarship her last two years. Uh, she's going to be a nurse, and uh, we need more nurses, great nurses in this place. So she's going to get out and start her career. But uh, everybody else, we anticipate that. Hmm. Aaron Barnum's coming back. She announced that at Media Day. She and Michaela Daniels both at Media Day back in uh, – the beginning of the year said, you know, they were going to utilize their year uh, and then reconfirmed that, obviously, when they didn't walk through senior night, uh, their intentions to return. So Barnum and, and Michaela will be the two exercising their last year. And then you've got Riley Langerman in the class behind her. Riley will be the last player that, that has a COVID uh, connection. After that, we're back to the, the normal roster size. That, throw, that COVID thing throws me off. I thought she was this was uh, that she was done. That's awesome. That's great news. So yeah, this yeah, is. With this tournament, do you do you just play it normal, or do you try to get some of the younger girls some more experience, or um, you, you know you don't want to penalize your seniors either? So what do you do? Yeah, no, here's, I'm going to play the people that are interested. I can tell you that uh, if I if I get some people that start looking forward to too forward to spring break, if they're a veteran, then we will play the people that are most interested in playing in the game. Uh, but no, no, no plans to change. I don't anticipate it. Our kids are too big of competitors. They may they may talk a big game. But, about being disappointed, but I think when the game comes on the line, they're going to want to be whoever's in the uniform across from them. So uh, we won't change anything up unless unless there's an obvious, um, you know, lack of interest. Uh, I wouldn't dare put a kid out there that wasn't trying hard to represent our university and our team. So we'll see how it goes. I, I'm, I'm not naive enough to know that it hasn't happened in the past to teams. I've seen it happen to opponents. It happened to a team of mine that was at Washington. I had a kid that – Really, really wanted to go on on spring break, so we let her start it early, and we went on without her. Um, so we'll just play it. We'll play it like that. It, it is, um, you know, you've got to play those kids that want to be there the most, or it, it shows up, and it's not something we'd be proud of. So we'll we'll play those kids that most want to play. It wasn't Kelsey Plum, I assume. Kelsey Plum did play in the NIT one year. Okay, uh, she was none too happy about it. It was her freshman year. Uh, but she played to win, I promise you. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was the only year Kelsey played in. It was, was her freshman year. But she didn't want to go on spring break instead is the point, I guess. Kelsey Plum doesn't know what spring break means. <laughs> That's, I like that. <laughs> she That's... does not know that that word even exists. 
And in a basketball player's world, it probably honestly shouldn't. It, it's just a sign that, you know, it, you're you're in a place where maybe spring you've had spring breaks before. And I, I tell all our recruits, I don't want anybody that's planning on spring break. That means in basketball that you're already your season's done. So we tried to get it to that point. It, it's hard. Uh, but it's um, but no, it was not Kelsey Plum. I can assure you, <laughs> Coach. Looking towards the future, uh, Wes and I had a chance to see one of your signees. You're going there. My, yeah, my that was my next question. I yeah. figured. Um, sorry, uh, Jenna Lawrence was you know very impressive yeah. in the state championship game. How, how did the rest of your signing class? You can talk about Jenna too, obviously, but uh, the rest sure. of your signing class finish up there. Maybe some of them. Yeah, I assume obviously they're all done. Jenna, yeah, they are. Yep, Jenna wrapped up her. Uh, you know, her senior year at Farmington up here with state championship. Not somebody told me she'd won the MVP. I think she did. Uh, something that they, you know, they lost last year and they carried it with them. They called it their redemption tour, and fun to follow that. Uh, played had an awesome season uh, for Coach Johnson and the Cardinals. Um, another player, we had another player that came at Christmas, uh, a freshman that enrolled at Christmas, which is a little more rare in basketball than other sports. Uh, her name's Marin Archer, so she's been on campus with us all since Christmas, and she's doing great. Uh, got nose knows her way around campus and uh, has some credit hours under her belt, so we'll look forward to her being able to. Uh, she could have played this year, but I just don't think it's wise to bring a freshman like that in and, and put them right into the SEC battles. So she'll come in. Um, Talia Scott is probably the – she was named McDonald's All-American and was up for the Naismith Player of the Year in high school. Uh, their team got beat in the state semifinals. Um not because she didn't drop. She dropped 47 that night, uh, even in a loss. Wow. Uh, a little above her average. She averaged 37 the night this year. One of the most dynamic scorers in the country. So, had a great year. Was named Florida Gatorade Player of the Year. Big big honors for her. A lot of expectation for her coming in. Um, then we'll add a, a girl from uh, Spain that nobody has seen play, obviously. Not, not a lot of Spanish uh, league basketball gets played over here. But her name's Christina Sanchez, uh, who will be a – uh, an impact player for us. And then we've got a junior college player who's on her way to the junior college uh, national championships uh, out of Jones Community College named Carly Keats. Uh, that Arkansas fans, they always want to know who they remind us. This is a, a little taller Alexis Tolfrey player. Uh, very dynamic scoring guard. Uh, got a little wiggle to her game, a little flash. I think fans will like seeing Carly come in. Coach, it just it was just obvious to me the the talent in the state, and uh, I know you can't sign them all. And then there's some that's maybe two inches too short, or you know, just a little not yeah. ready for the. It was incredible. Uh, the watching the girls' game and the and, and the competition and the quality of play has improved so much over the last I don't know five ten years. What's that from? Your grassroots programs, your high school coaches, and the grassroots programs working together to do it year round. Uh, I think, you know, when I was a high school coach so long ago, there was a big separation between those two groups, <clears throat> the summer league coaches and the high school coaches. There was a little bit of animosity, and I think there was a separation. I think in the state of Arkansas, they came together and realized they have to work together, and they have. And as a result, you've got kind of a year-round type progression. You've got, you've got the scholastic coaches, the junior high, high school, JV coaches working with kids in conjunction with what goes on during the important summer. There there used to be this disconnect, and they connected. And I think that's a tribute to all the coaches in the state uh, and the grassroots coaches working together. Uh, and that's what separated Arkansas from a lot of other states that I've been in. Uh, they realized that. And rather than working against each other, and it's helped all the kids. It, we've got a number of kids that, like you said, they, they we, there's just not enough scholarships to take them all. We'll be facing Keanu Walker against La Tech 
a kid that we had at camp and really, really liked, but we already had Michaela Daniels. And Keanu Walker's averaging 19 a game for La Tech. You, you know, so she's found a place, was a, has had a brilliant career there out of out of the Lone Oak area. So um, I think it's great for the state. I, I love seeing it. Uh, there's a, It get, does go in cycles just because the way the state works. You know, when a kid gets moved up as a freshman, they dominate the time. And so there's a little, there's a cycle. It's about every three or four years, but we're in, we're, we're, we're finishing an up cycle. The last three years have really been up. Uh, I think there'll be a little dip coming up, but, you know, there's still players around, and then there's another wave coming behind. It kind of comes in waves when it comes to women's basketball in state. Well, I will say, again, and we've seen this before, Wes, where, I mean, some of the most impressive performances we saw are from underclassmen, too, so it is uh, the future is yeah. pretty darn yeah. bright. So, Coach, yep. we got to run. Thank you for the time. Good luck okay. Thursday. Thanks, guys. All right, Thanks, take care. Mike Neighbors, always good and always uh, open and honest, which I love about him, plus he's willing to talk about just – just about anything.